Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome back to Left on Red. It's a huge victory at Molyneux. Me and Harry were there for the first time since Man United actually. Been a while. It was good fun. It was a big, big three points and we've got a whole episode to talk about it. Right, so we got a bit more for match day experience. It's not the usual five-minute walk from Holloway Road or Highbury to the Emirates. We, yeah, the brilliant story of waking up and walking to the stadium. Yeah, we went up north. We did. Well, sort of halfway up the country, the Midlands. Yeah, still north. They call it the black country, Wolverhampton, don't they? Yeah, they do. It, yeah. Well, it wasn't great. Well, no, I mean... It was, I like, no, it was all right. It was kind of like suburbia. And then you went down this big road into the city centre where there was a big hill and that's where the stadium was. Yeah, I didn't mind. I, I loved the stadium. The stadium was a brilliant stadium. But also, I just I just really enjoyed the concourse. It was just like so like industrial inside. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was all like concrete, like no signs anywhere. No. In the toilets, there was literally one like actual toilet. Really? Like you know, I the think Emirates where they have four or five. Yeah. yeah there was literally just one. <laughs> and it was okay. like a rickety like one of those cowboy doors, like. Uh... Old school then. Yeah. So we. We didn't have that early of a start because from Hitchin, where Lafey drove us, we did start nice quite again. early. Oh yeah, we did. Yeah, Lathy, classic. The old trio was back. Ah, oh, it, it was. It was quite an early start, given for what time the game was. Like we left. We left at. I left mine at about one. Yeah, no, we met at Finsbury Park at one thirty. Yeah. We left Hitchin by two thirty. Yeah, which was still like quite. Like when we got to the ground, we weren't getting let in because we were too early. Yeah, they didn't. They wouldn't. It was really bizarre. They wouldn't let us in until an hour before kickoff. Yeah, they most grounds let you in two hours before. It was really weird. But Harry saw his mate that sits next to him, who turned out to be the chair of the Gay Gooners. Yeah, it was so cool because I mean, guy. really nice guy, and actually, I don't because he sits two seats away from us. Right. I don't, and, and because I have two seats together next to him, and then one seat behind. Usually, yeah. my mum and dad or my dad and his mate will sit in front, and I'll sit behind. Yeah. So I never really got talking to him because he was a couple seats across. But then in the semi-final, second leg of the Carabao Cup, me and Raf were sitting in our. Two oh, of our, right, our okay, yeah. main body two seats. Yeah. And he was there with his mate and he was like chanting and singing and we were chanting and singing and he, we were both, both talking about how like grumpy some of the Arsenal fans around us are yeah. in that game. And I thought I'd go and introduce myself because it's nice to have someone yeah, you actually yeah. like that you sit next to. And he turned out to be um, the head of the Gay Gooners and a really like... Filming all week and... A really good like positive man and yeah. you know he, he, he and comes he from Barrow, say, doesn't he? Yeah. Travels down all the time. Didn't he say the Brentford game was like the designated, like yeah, LGBTQ guys, um, history month. Prepare for for something really cool that's coming before the Brentford game. Apparently, they've been working with Arsenal yeah, been and they've been doing some filming, filming, filming which sounds really interesting. But that was nice. That, that was, was really nice. Face. Yeah, he said he fell in love with Arsenal in the '71 double. Yeah. Um, and he lives in Barrow and he drives all the way up and down the country every week to go see the Arsenal. So a proper gooner. What a guy. But yeah, it's quite nice to see a familiar face and that killed the half an hour we had to wait. It was yeah, it freezing did. as it well. It was Baltic. Yeah, actually it was really nice to have someone else to speak to for like half an hour. It was absolutely hour. freezing. I was bursting for the loo. Oh, I just don't get why they didn't let us in in time. I think it must have been like a pent up the tension. It's yeah, sort of yeah. a psyche, psyche thing. You know, yeah. maybe get the away crowd. Mind games. Lacking that sort of 
you know, you yeah, build yeah. you build up the atmosphere in the Concords, yeah. like at Old Trafford, we were yeah, all singing yeah, we and chanting for yeah. ages beforehand. You didn't really have the time to do that so much. Yeah. Oh, it it was good though. It they when as soon as we got in there was we there were like I'd say there were like ten of us in our section, like in our yeah. seats, most were out in the concourse. And then there was that there was a one Wolves fan. The little a little kid, like eight or ten years old. Something, yeah, and he like just that. he just ran up to the Arsenal fans and asked us all if we wanted a wine gum. Yeah, it was so cool. It was so um, I didn't. Even, ah. It was so funny because like he genuinely meant it. He wasn't trying yeah, to take yeah, the mick no. anything. But we had one quite annoying Arsenal fan who oh, just sort of yeah. didn't really understand right from wrong. Yeah, he just and, kept shouting abuse at the kid. I mean, really. but the things he was saying was like it was horrible. It was like. He's related to DT, like yeah, it's just, it's just, it just didn't really make any sense. So, so everyone was sort of getting really frustrated and angry and upset with him, and it was sort of a massive relief when some more people came yeah, and he, sat in between us yeah, for the actual he, match. He had some friends next to him, so he didn't pen like send it all on to us. He was just a bit of a horrible man. Um, it was such a hard way in to create an atmosphere for though. Like it was, it was one like I'd heard people saying. It's one of the weirdest, weirdest ones in the league, worst ones in the league. But I didn't really know why, because I got there, the stadium was all right. And then you sort of look across, and it's like the whole bottom tier is the away end. What? And you're yeah. all spread out instead of being like vertically up, where it's really like really easy to create an atmosphere. Or even just in such a um, compact, compact and together. Yeah. Or just it means like you can corner. Yeah, or you like, can yeah. generate noise and togetherness, and it's sort of easy for everyone to be on the same page and to be singing at the same time. Whereas yeah. There's four sides of Molyneux, and they're not neither side are connected, which I find really cool because it's on a hill. So like yeah, yeah. behind each corner flag, there'll be like a little lump of grass. On yeah, the, on to the, the left of us, there was literally just a hill of grass. Yeah, which I find really cool. But it, what it means is that they give you one whole stand, but the bottom of it, and then behind you are the Wolves fans, and you have their boxes, which are oh, in glass. It's a bit like a, yeah. It felt it felt a bit like. It's like a, they were at the races, like it was yeah, like a horse yeah. track, and you have your glass, and everyone's there putting some money on the bookies. Yeah. And then above, obviously, above us were, were more yeah, Wolves were fans above the boxes who were just chucking bottles and, and, and face masks. It's just and a, stuff a like very this. weird place to put an away at. Yeah. And it, it was, was strange. such a weird place to put the boxes as well. Stadium like, overall, really liked stadium it. Stadium, I really liked away it. Away end yeah. just makes it. Because if you're fans are making a chant all the way down on the other corner flag and you're yeah, yeah. like us on the other corner yeah, flag competing opposite no side of the pitch there's no syncing up or joining yeah. in yeah yeah it was really weird but what it did do was it meant that there was lots of abuse and banter between Arsenal and Wolves flags just by, oh, by yeah. acting across the corner flag as soon as you scored or the final yeah. whistle turned straight around straight around even to the glass boxes yeah, the that glass were literally boxes two metres away right from there. us one of them got just... kicked out as well in the glass box right yeah the and there were some Arsenal fans from, from Wolverhampton who were just behind us and they had a mate that was in the walls. Uh, yeah, like, he, he had, he had like a red time. cap, and they were just like had their AirPods in on the phone to him yeah. the whole time. And it was just like they were just laughing the whole time. And I thought they were trying to organise a little fight for afterwards. And no, then you were like, no, no they're, they're mates. And I started hearing the accent, and it all yeah, made yeah. sense. No, but it was good. And obviously, atmosphere at the final whistle was great, and the celebrations. Celebrations are brilliant. I, the celebrations for the goal were a bit broken because I didn't really re- know. Like I thought it was going to get disallowed as all. Well, when you saw a goalkeeper when you too. saw the, the keeper go down and just yeah. by this time you just thought it was definitely going to get ruled yeah. out. But then, yeah, the final whistle celebrations were brilliant, and the players coming over to to applaud everyone. And it felt like it felt like such a defining. You see, Ruben Nevis's comments about oh, that. Just, he can shut fuck the fuck off, isn't it? He can fuck off. I mean, ju- just shut up. Like, like, fair enough. You're doing really well. Like you've won. They are a really good team. Yes, yeah. and they got the second best defense in the league. 
But when we're fighting for fourth and we beat probably one of a top four rival. At the moment they are, yeah. But also after Spurs and United have dropped points and after an 18-day break and after drawing to Burnley and losing to City, like obviously there are going to be celebrations. Yeah. And also, like, let us enjoy to dig in for 20 minutes. Yeah, for 10 men. For 10 yeah. men, backs against the walls. Yeah. Of course you're going to let like that out a, afterwards. It felt like such a defining 20 minutes of our season that when that final whistle went, it was more sort of celebrations of relief than just sort of like jubilance at the result. I was just like... I'm I mean, we didn't play over. particularly well. I mean, we weren't abysmal, but we weren't anywhere near our best for yeah. itself. But it was one of those games where it just didn't matter. Yeah, you unless just you got to grind out the win. Um, it just didn't matter. You just had to get it over the line. That's what the boys did. They really dug in. Um, there's, there was that reflection of that togetherness and that positivity yeah, that, yeah. and grit and, and determination all we all it have. It something to all of them, which I think the fans really appreciate. Of course, yeah. And I like how everyone in the back four was sort of on their knees and sort of hugging yeah. each other. Back five by the time the, the game ended. Yeah, genius for upholding. Oh, mate, this 5-3-1. Just get man sent off every week to play 5-3-1. I, I, I genuinely <laughs> think he picks someone at half-time. He just says, you're going to get sent off so I can play my block. That 5-3-1 is just... Oh, I've never seen anything well. like it. It's just like, so good. I mean, Wolves did have a lot... Like They had a lot of the ball and there was a lot of pressure, but there was net, like they didn't really have any clear-cut chances bar that one that Holding sort of hooked off the line. And uh, there was one where... It's quite similar to how Cedric put that lovely ball in for Laka, where Laka could have buried it. Samedo so put a pretty identical ball in for Jimenez. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. I think it was uh, Ben White actually dealt with it quite well. Yeah, yeah. But on another day, Jimenez could have towered yeah, and got that one in. But no, they, without creating many chances, they did have a lot more of the ball than us. Yeah. Right, so on to Harry's tactical section. Got a lot to... We, into, we do I have imagine. a lot. We do have a lot to dig into today, mate. It was a, it was a really good one to, to analyse because Wolves are interesting to analyse. Yeah, it was it was quite the tactical battle. We're back, we're back to, to my my excitement of analysing back three teams. Oh yeah, um, true. Yeah, I didn't because every back three team that does different things for their centre halves. Yeah. And before we even get into a positional tactics, just the fact that you play Max Kilman who's a left footed centre back on the oh, right, right. Yeah. the back three when you. You had the chance playing left or centre, but yeah. on the right, it's it's just quite interesting, especially against Martinelli. Yeah, because he, there was a couple of times he tried to roll him and, and drive inside, but because Martinelli's so good at pressing, that left quite yeah. an interesting battle. Anyway, getting on to more of the positional tactics, Arsenal deployed a four-three-three rather than a four-two-three-one, which yeah. is quite clear to see that Shaka was the left number eight. We were talking eight. about this in the car on the way up. That yeah, we both read this thread where. They, they'd sort of looked at Wolves and how they played and were, were mentioning that if we did press in the four four two how we usually do, the... Where pockets, Odegaard joins the striker, yeah. so Lacazette in the two. The pockets that Neves and usually Moutinho, but this time Dendonka liked to pick up, and, and Podence was dropping in quite a bit and picking up those pockets. Yeah, they would have been much more prominent yeah. than they were yeah. because we pressed in that four three three yeah. four three three which I don't really... like. I don't really like the four three three because... Uh, I like because it doesn't shoot suit Xhaka. Yeah, I I like I just don't think Xhaka works as a number eight, and like you can argue about whether he works as as in a double pivot, but he's definitely much better there than he of is. Of course, he is because he, he can he can drift into left back zones and quarter back zones. Not, he's not got the he's not got the hips, as you say. He does not have the hips. He never ever ever opens his body up on the half turn. Anyway, so. Xhaka and Odegaard were a number eight, and a lot of what I'm going to say is sort of a development of what you just said there. 
because it, it, it's not just an issue in relation to what Wolves do in relation to playing against back threes we've had some issues at points pressing the 4-4-2 yeah however we like at Brighton like, like at Brighton yeah we, we press in a four, um in, in a 4-3-3 we also built we, we still built out in our 2-3-5 yeah but we had quite a, a struggle in doing this in fluidity with 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 the press, it wasn't really a full on press. It was more of a medium press. Yeah, yeah. Like we did go, but we didn't always go. No, we, there was no, we, we had a fairly high line. We weren't pressing in the like in the threes and twos that we usually yeah. do. But when we did, it was it was a front three where uh, Martinelli, Lacazette, Saka went on to their back three, yeah. and then you had Odegaard and Xhaka on their two double pivots, so on Dendonka yeah. and on Neves, and then obviously that leaves their space with the wing backs, but you can kind of shut shuttle yeah. across. But yeah, if we had pressing a four four two, that would have left a three v two overload in in two strikers against the three centre halves, and it yeah. would have left a gap in midfield for them to exploit, in, and it opens up the pitch for them. However, even though we managed to control this by not doing that and by pressing in a four three three, they, which we'll get onto later when we talk about Wolves' tactics, they still managed to find spaces in the second in phase the, of midfield yeah. where Podence and Trincao are picking up little pockets in beyond. Yeah, Jack and Odegaard yeah, pressing just higher. Tricky little players they as are. well. They're, and they really, really to, their movement was so good getting into those zones. Players like that are so hard to tactically prepare for because like they're so unpredictable. They just pick up the ball and they can beat men and they can play passes and you know, luckily um, on Thursday it didn't cause us that many problems, but it, it was quite worrying to watch. Yeah. And to be honest, the only time where we, we did go to that four four two sort of um system was in a low block yeah. so it was it was a 4-3-3 four, four, three, three, which is the same thing as a 2-3-5 yeah. in, in building out which we got better with, with the last 15 minutes of the game where you saw there was one move which resulted in the second nutmeg 1-2 with Odegaard cut back yeah. to Lacazette that came from the back in the last 15 minutes of the first half we did get into some of those patterns but for the majority of the game we struggled in doing that and it was Wolves controlling the ball Yeah, and these things where we were talking about where we managed to stop them getting the ball into Nevers and Dendonka a lot, they, with a lot of clips from Cody, who could play out wide with long balls, yeah. but also their centre-backs who were comfortable driving through the lines or playing it into Podence or Trincao, yeah. behind, at that point, behind Xhaka and Odegaard. Well, quite often they... Left party on his own in yeah. there against Podence or Trincao. And quite often they, they skip that ball to, to Neves or Dendonka in order to play it into, into Podence exactly, or Trincao, yeah. who were picking up the, the space in between. Parte, Saka, and Cedric in well, that little pocket, or, or the other or side the other where side. Cedric yeah. Martinelli. But the point is that because we knew that we couldn't go in a four-four-two press, and we did the right thing yeah. because it blocked off Nevers and Dendonka, yeah, we left Parte on their own, yeah. and that meant that sometimes one centre back had to step in to join Parte in, yeah. in trying to block, and that meant him and it had the space in beyond, yeah. which they didn't exploit very well particularly. No, and I, many I, I think it's because both of them are very, very quick on the cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, White and Gabriel. So Especially Gabriel, playing, who can get his body yeah. across as well. And when you're playing against a striker like Jimenez, who is a, he's very, very clever, but he isn't necessarily the quickest, it's not a bad little tactic to employ. Yeah, one of them stepping so, in. so that was us. We didn't play particularly well with the ball. We were okay, no. didn't really create too much. Actually, that's a lie. We had a few golden chances, which we'll talk about later, beyond the tactics with Lacazette. Yeah. He should have buried a few goals. Um, but they they were the protagonists of the match. So yeah. I think we should explore a tiny bit further how Wolves managed to overcome 
our pressing system because it was the right pressing system. Yeah. We would have been exposed a hell of a lot more if we had pressed in a 4-4-2. Yeah. We, but, we sacrificed quite a lot of the ball in order to... I, th- I think the game plan was to grind out a win. Yeah, so do I. And I think that's exactly the right game plan because when you try and go toe-to-toe with a team that's, one, very, very good... Defensively um, solid. Defensively second best defence in the league and at their place, you know, midweek. It's a very game, hostile atmosphere, game. yeah. It, it, when you try and go toe-to-toe, you create a very chaotic game that sometimes is literally the last thing you want, especially when you're playing away exactly. from home. Yeah. What this game taught me, though, is that Bruno Lager is really tactically... He's a very good got, got a mouse about him. Yeah. He's got lots of different solutions. And I think we should just look at that because we did the right pressing structure, but they still managed to control possession. Yeah. So I wanted to say that, so we know that they play in a 3-4-3. Three, three. Unlike where we play 2-3-5 and build up, they play 3-2-5. Obviously, they've got the three centre-halves, yeah. the two holding midfielders, the wing-backs join the front yeah. three to create that five at the top. Their inside forwards, such number 10, occupy the half spaces. There were three things that Wolves did, which meant that our press didn't work as much as I thought it would have done. Yeah. So the first thing was that, as we've already talked about, either Podence or Trincao would come inside to the pockets and receive clip balls or through balls from the centre-halves, Yeah. which meant they could turn and suddenly it's just two of them against Partey and one centre-back might have to commit, a full-back might have to come inside and they have that overload. The second thing they did was Cody almost played a bit in like, not... Sort of like David Luiz, like a, yeah, like a yeah. libero, where he could step into midfield Quarter and almost, almost join a mid, make yeah. it a midfield three in a back two, or he can just play these amazingly precise diagonal long balls, and suddenly they've got through that first press, yeah, and they're into space. the wing backs where they have that front five that yeah. can create overloads, and they're all very skillful. And Ariel Jimenez is very good, so quite a lot of exactly yeah. battles he would win against, you know, especially Cedric, and if he pinned himself on Tierney or Ben White. Yeah. And and the third thing solution that Lager came up with for Arteta's press was um, the the double pivot in midfield would slant yeah. like a diagonal pivot and Neves would become a six and Dendonka would become an eight yeah. but they'd have like the third number eight missing in that like midfield three and it'd become a diagonal slant and what that would do would would allow for the, one of the inside forwards either Podence or Trincaro usually Trincaro because Dendonka was on the left of the double yeah. pivot so he'd become a left eight yeah, it yeah. allowed them to drift inside and basically become the third yeah, inside the player third, yeah. on it, in that little midfield three which is what it's like an invisible midfield three yeah, and, and then one you. inside forward would come and join them yeah. and that just created havoc in overloads and areas of the pitches where we didn't know how to come yeah. in and mark them but every, every ball that was put into the box which was quite I mean all their attacks were coming down the wings Every ball that was put into to the box, you like we looked like we knew how to defend all of that very well, competently, and I think that's where you can see the real progress under Arteta. Absolutely, I mean everything that I'm talking about in terms of these these different midfield overloads that they've got, it was all a way of them sustaining possession, ultimately for them to play it out wide yeah. and get crosses in or get cutbacks, which is how they like to try and create <clears throat> actual chances. But how they got through the two thirds of the pitch, I was already impressed with. Yeah. But they struggled to create because they're so used to going out wide, either playing a cutback or whipping a cross in. And we were so stubborn and so good defensively yeah. that effectively, especially when their control came. of possession meant nothing. Yeah. Um, second, just before we finish, second half tactics we've got to talk about after Martinelli got sent yeah. off. We went to our five three one. Holding came in was absolutely superb. Brilliant. I mean, he just got his head on absolutely everything. I think yeah. it was the, what, nine headers. I in? mean, he's he's such a he's a fantastic squad player to have. But he's just a really good like he's a great defender. basic defender. Yeah. 
Um, and that and that was five three one. So you had Smith Rowe on the right, and then yeah. you had Lacazette up top. Who and Ed, then Eddie came on later, and it was basically just sit and then if you can get a counter and play a long ball, then, yeah, then, just then take you it do as it. Far away from the goal as possible. But we looked so strong defensively. All three centre halves did yeah. smashing jobs. Cedric even tracked. Cedric was tracking had a man. really good game. Um, and yeah, Wolves actually went to a four four two, and took Cody off, and just basically tried oh, to overload really down the wings that. again even yeah. more, and they struggled. And we defended our box. So that was sort of the the way the the game went was that we defended really well. They had more possession. Yeah, they probably could have created more chances and been even more comfortable if we didn't press the way we had pressed. Yeah. So overall, I think Arteta got his tactics no, right. It was exactly the right game. And the team showed a lot of spirit once. Yeah we went down to 10 men and we should be really proud of that yeah no and you can you know we can worry about getting wins that are prettier later on like yeah. against Brentford so are we asking Lowell for his player ratings for the for the game yesterday yeah top so, top, top three top three players top three Gabriel yeah Ben White yeah oh if he hadn't got sent off, it would have been Montanelli. Oh, he was superb in the first half. 100%. He was the only player driving us forward. Uh, I'll, I'll put Ramsdale in there. I thought he was really good with his... No, no shout for Rapaldini. Uh, true, actually. Okay, yeah. Well, I'll just put the just three, three centre-halves. Centre yeah. That's what I would have done, yeah. <laughs> and then Wolves' best player, Podence. He was just he's so... Just so good. He's he was just, just so tricky. He's so technically and he's gifted. Very, he's very worrying. Um, Mikel... What am I giving Mikel? No, do we not want to do... Bottom, bottom player for Arsenal. Bottom player for Arsenal. Uh, I didn't think there was necessarily a bottom. Maybe Tierney had quite a tough time on that left-hand side. Yeah, Lacazette should have scored Lacazette, yeah, twice. I, yeah, maybe Lacazette. I mean, he, as he do, always does, he works really hard. But you can't fault his work um, rate. It's just you need that. You need those finishes. Yeah, and he and on a different day, that would have cost us two points. Yeah, and the thing is, if he keeps on missing those chances, it then will. It, and we'll end up. Yeah. I mean, it, co it, it cost us two points against Burnley. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Mikel? Mikel, give him, a, give him an eight. Yeah. Thought he did really, really well. Yeah. Perfect tactics um, it, in order to get the win. And then when we went down to 10 men. I was um, impressed that it, it, it's like it suits us so well going yeah. down to 10 men at the moment. I don't I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't in the grand scheme again. of things, it doesn't. But no, we I, I get what you mean. What I really meant to say was that we have a system that yeah, works we, and we go yeah. down to 10 men and that's well, impressive. Which we need to do because it happens so fucking often. But I've, <laughs> I've never seen a red card like that in my life. I, just, I, like, I think it was, it was probably two yellows. No, it was definitely but, like two yellows. But with, with the yellow cards, don't, don't you need to show someone the first yellow card so they know they're. I actually the yellow. haven't bothered checking the rule because it's, it's, it's. Isn't that the point so of stressful. it? So you show them the first yellow card so they're more careful in order to not get the second yellow card. Like, how can you give them two yellow cards without giving them without them knowing they've got the first one? Because he played advantage. Yeah, but then it. But then, well, one, it was a foul throw, so technically he should have stopped the game. Because being fouled. Yeah. In the process of making, yeah. it's, do you know what we can it we can we can, we can, yeah. we can delve into all of the different? I just I just don't, possibilities. I don't think was that, it right? Was it wrong? Ultimately, Martinelli was daft to make yeah, two was, separate fouls, silly. which were fouls. It was very very silly, but I I I don't see that red card getting given for anyone else. Well, yeah, that's what Mikel said. You have to be very willing to give it, and I kind of and, agree with but that. But I, I genuinely like you just wouldn't see it. I've never seen it in my football supporting lifetime, and I'm. I mean, like, if you compare it to Jimenez, who got sent off for. 
for, for, for two yellows within 30 seconds. Yeah. He got given one yellow yeah, and, then, and then he got given another yellow. That, yeah. there's, that, there's that sort of um, rule book difference. Yeah. But I mean, I, to be honest, I don't care. I'm annoyed with no. Martinelli that he was stupid enough to make two aggressive. And they were like professional fouls. Yeah, like, yeah. He tried to break the play up. Yeah. No, so they're just, two separate yellow cards. Uh, like I, I, you know, I'd be, I'd be very pleased with it if I, if I saw it again. But I, I'd be patiently waiting to see it again. <laughs> I don't think yeah, no, happen. I know what you mean. But ultimately, it was silly. You just, silly. you should, you should be better than that. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. Right, so it's me doing the quiz for Harry this week. I've got, they're sort of like, like what year sort of questions this time, because I rushed it a little bit. No worries. So, right, what year did Arsenal last play Brentford at home? At home? And this is obviously not going to be a league game. Yeah, league game. Oh, it's a league game? Well, they haven't been in, it was 70-something years, so... I'm going to go 1951. Okay. Right. Last time we beat Wolves at home. I'll take the year or the score. Okay, so last year we lost. And then that was uh, 2020, 2021, uh, 2019, 2020, we drew 1-1 where Bamiang scored on his left foot. I remember we played a diamond that game under Emery. 18-19 was their first year back in the league. So I'm going to go 2018-2019 season. Okay, and the last time we finished above Manchester United? Not last year. Not the year before. So again, 2018-2019 under Emery when we came fifth, they came sixth under Ollie. Okay, so last played Brentford at home in 1946. It's only five years off. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not a bad shout. The, the, the logic was there. Uh, last time we beat Wolves at home, you said 1819. Yeah. 2011. Huh? That was the last time we beat them at home. Well, that's changing next week. Yeah. 2 0 in 2011. Are you sure we haven't beat them since they've yeah, been back in the league? I checked it. That's disgraceful. It's mad, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and the last time we finished above United was 2018-19. So, so I've got one out of three. One out of three. I, I, I might give you one and a half because the, the no, five no, no, years no, no, off... No, 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 no. This is our first um, round of... This is our first of the... Yeah, 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 I'm with you. You take a 2-1 lead into next week. Okay. Okay, so the PR roundup of the midweek. We're currently... We've got the, uh, we've got the three o'clock games on the screen in front of us at the moment, watching Brentford Crystal Palace. Yeah. I've got a soft spot for Crystal Palace, having worked for them. Oh, yeah, knowing the owner. Yeah. Nice yeah. guy. Yeah, lovely guy. Oh, we need to mention the, the Palace three-year scheme they're doing for um, for schoolboys, when they or for scholars. I, I think for schoolboys, though, they don't get scholarships. Or yeah. I think it's any age group. It's any yeah. academy player that gets, that gets dropped. Well, surely not from like if you're like under twelves. It's like fifteen, sixteen yeah, year olds yeah. upwards, isn't it? Yeah. They're going into the real world and yeah. have to find alternatives for money yeah. and stuff. It's a it's a great it's a great program. Oh, it's so good because it, it can really mess up your mental health when you yeah, get released, or especially if it's your body or yeah. that, that that just can't well, handle also, it. If all your friends are still there, and you're the only one that yeah. And also, if your friends at home sort of 
got this 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 faith in you that you're yeah, gonna make yeah. it and and you're kind of doing it for them as well as yourself. How do you sort of say to them, "Not good enough, guys," yeah. or, or they don't, they don't, they don't, yeah, they like don't me want anymore. Yeah. So really big up to Steve Parrish for doing that at Palace. I'm really admiring that. Yeah. So this week, what did we have? So we started off on with a cr- um, the Tuesday. Yeah, I watched Burnley United. Um, United are just bad. They're really bad. They keep on going one and up and, and drawing and actually looking okay for like half an hour in the first yeah, half. Yeah, they just go rubbish. And then crumbling. It's exactly what happened today as well against Southampton, which yeah. I watched. And Southampton really should have beaten them. Burnley, not so much. United no, really yeah. should have won that game. Yeah, it was a bit yeah, of a fluke had, how their VAR instances. They had chances. Actually, I'm not really sure what was wrong with, 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 um, with the Varane's own goal. goal. No, the own goal. I know what was wrong with Varane's goal. Um, Maguire was offside and, yeah, and he, he impeded the play. So that was stupid. that was correct, but the I didn't see that the, the own goal. I think Pogba like brushed a Burnley player in the box and he fell over and they right and that was and it's just like not really a foul in football. But in terms. still, I mean, they just like some of their defending was poor. Yeah, and Burnley could have had it. And Maguire's agility, Maguire's agility is just atrocious. Oh my God. He just can't well, turn around. He's just getting blitzed. Bro, bro, player. you're absolutely done him today. As He's did, a good player. As did Weghouse and Rodriguez for the Burnley yeah, goal. Oh my God, and last, Weghouse, last does it, Weghouse doesn't look like the most agile man on earth. So yeah, it's, it's really worrying for United fans. He's just so immobile. It's not great. Um, anyway, West Ham um, scored, West Ham scored a goal. Also, was yeah. it Bowen from from distance or Lanzini? Yeah, from distance? Bowen, I think they no, it was just really. It was a, like it wasn't a great goal. And then um, Newcastle beat Everton, which is a massive result. Yeah, it was, a great, it was actually out. a really great game. Newcastle played really well, taking them outside the the bottom three for the first yeah, time in ages. And puts Everton in a bit of trouble, although they are winning today. It looks like they'll be. Um, yeah. Who they playing today? Uh, Leeds. Leeds. Yeah, it looks like they beat Leeds. Who talking about Leeds? Played absolute crack of a match away at Villa Park oh brilliant last, last match that, week on that Wednesday the Wednesday there were some fantastic games I watched Coutinho I, I, was just, just, just Coutinho oh was my just god brilliant. he just looked like Coutinho to, four years ago yeah I was having to watch Norwich Crystal Palace because I was with a Palace fan that that's night. slightly depressing it was but some of the, 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 the Villa the, game on my phone some of the um, ways Coutinho was taking the ball in the half turn yeah, dropping oh, a shoulder little cute tight oh, touches to get past players the was fantastic He's plus his, his, his assist for Jacob Ramsey's first goal oh, oh my gosh Ramsey's a player as well we keep on saying player. it he's just got everything let's just break the he's bank a, for him in the summer please I really think we should he's one of them all round midfielders he can be box to box he yeah. can be a number 8 he yeah, can probably he can sit where and pivot he's just got everything I love it and then Spurs so enjoyable the content so, meme so that you were showing me on, on Saints' um, yeah. TikTok account he just looks like brilliant. a broken man also he's just they're going just bald again good. at Spurs isn't yeah. he they're just uh, they're just not very good they're really bad they're really not very good I mean like they have a couple of good players but the rest of them are I was just actually shy. thinking Hassan Hootel he'd be a really good like under under the sort of um, what's the t- um, dark low horse. key sort of dark horse for the Man United job in the summer yeah yeah uh, yeah, I mean he's got he, he's done really well at Southampton. They played really good. He's tactically players. so good, and he's working yeah. with a group of players that aren't the highest level of players, and he's getting a, no, he's like getting a real, real yeah, unity yeah. out of them. Um, but yeah, so that was good. Ward Prowse just whipping some absolute that, that ball in. for the header. Yeah, oh. and Emerson Royal just and Broder's first time instinctive finish was oh, brilliant yeah. as well. Back I love him shushing well, the Spurs so fans. Funny. Yeah. Uh, and then Thursday we had us and Liverpool comfortably beat Leicester. Really, Luis Diaz made double. his debut. He looked good. He didn't looked he? really good. Yeah. yeah, he looks. He's he's got very similar hair to you. Has he? Yeah. I thought he's a bit more like skin fade at the bottom and then yeah, a bit, it bit is, like square. He's got, he's got like he's got quite similar like consistency of hair. right. Okay, I like that from him. Yeah, it's good. 
But yeah, it was a it was a it was a very perfect midweek of football. And to be fair, the start to this w- weekend's round of matches yeah, is going who, well. Who have we got tomorrow? So tomorrow. It's basically now United and West Ham are one point above us, but we have two games in hand with both of them. Yeah, and, and tomorrow... Spurs can go level with us if they beat Wolves tomorrow. So we want Wolves to win or draw away at Spurs yeah. and then that basically leaves us to beat Brentford and then by the time we play Wolves next week yeah. if we beat them we'll, have, we'll be clear yeah, like yeah. fourth will be in our control by three or four or five points and, they, and West Ham have Leicester away tomorrow as well so hopefully Leicester win Leicester can get a result there so things are looking good we've it's, just all, got a, it's all coming up Arsenal it's all coming up Millhouse yeah I like it Thanks for listening into this episode of the Left on Red podcast. Been good to be back in the studio with the main man, Lowell. Massive three points away at Molyneux. Such an important victory. Let's really use it to kick on yeah. and push for fourth for the end of the season. And let's make the most of the few more episodes we've got left before you go. Well, we're going to have to come up with something for that. But don't worry, guys. There'll be some there's, cool there, things coming. There's talks in the pipeline. There's, there's, there's rumours murmuring. Yeah. <laughs>